המקדש כולם קדושים, כולם פטורים, והם עשו את האמן. זרקו את האמן, פסלו את האמן, אבל אחר כך, כשבנו את בן קודש הקודשים. אני רוצה להגיד לכם, יש אפשר יהודי שלא שייך לקדושה, אבל לקודש קודשים. למעלה בגג צריכים עוד אבן לגמור את הבניין הקדוש ולא מצאו אף אבן אחת שמתאים ופתאום 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 זכו את הדמעות של כל יהודי, בעצם כל עם ישראל עם אומות העולם הם חושבים שאנחנו מוסים, אנחנו פסולים ליישוב העולם וכשבוא המשיח joining online uh, in these new conditions I have an empty room but I'm unified we're unified all together tonight's share was uh, sponsored by my dear friend Moishi and Ariella Bush this is an honor of Moishi's mother's yard site coming up <coughs> this Thursday on Ishchaydesh Nisan, Sada Bas Yosef. May her neshama have an awesome aliyah to the greatest heights. May she channel a lot of brachas to you.
for only good and only the best, best, best for you and your family. And Be'ezus Hashem, you'll be reunited with her very soon in the coming of Mashiach. Thank you for that. Um, another dedication tonight was also for a yard site of a dear friend of ours, Moshe Baruch Fishman, was our neighbor, used to come up here to Mayan all the time, especially Friday nights. So this year has <coughs> been sponsored by his wife, Mrs. Miriam Fishman. And this is in honor of Moshe Baruch Ben Yaakov. This is his third yard site, which was today, the 27th, Chav Zayan Adar. May his neshama have a very great aliyah. And today's days, we're wishing the aliyah should be to the place of the greatest revelations, which is going to be down here, back here. So hopefully we'll be reunited with him as well. Um, and meanwhile, he should bring a lot of bracha to his family for only, only, only good, good things. Another dedication tonight was by Saul and Bunya Newman. And this is in honor of their nephew's birthday. Rafal David Moshe Ben Nachama Basia. May he have a wonderful good year with a lot of mazel and great growth in every aspect and good health. You see a lot of nachas and uh, only, only, only great things. Thank you for, the, for those dedications. Thanks. Take, I'll take a moment. Um, being that I don't interact so much with people, we're not interacting with people, it's awesome that people send donations <laughs> without, without any interaction. So it's a big bracha because we still have to pay the bills over here to keep the, 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 the place and everything else. So a um, big, big thank you for those that, um, usually a lot of comes in, shul operations, there's aliyahs, there's stuff. And Baruch Hashem, Hashem takes over and it's really nice, but it's through the good heartedness of people who do dedications and out of nowhere just send uh, donations in through the website. It's very helpful, it's great. And I wanna bless you all, thank you. Okay, so we're living in interesting times, we all know, and um, in continuation to last week's share, we discussed, if you didn't listen to it, I recommend listening to the class, From Corona to Coronation. I give a big sigh, <coughs> because the situation is terrible in terms of the fact that there's so many people that are ill. And sadly, over Shabbos and over the last couple of days, a few people passed away. And that's no good. As much as we'll spin this Mashiach, it's still no good. Mashiach can come without all this, I'm sorry to say, Meshagas. Uh, I mean, obviously this is happening and it's indicating of a something, and we'll talk about it, but it's not in any way that anybody should condone anybody being sick. A Jew having to pass away. We've <coughs> done enough sacrifices. 
Enough people passed away, and we're asking the Ebershtet to please stop. We're listening, we're there, we want the Giyula, but without this, without this madness. And um, so, but I, I take a little comfort. Comfort meaning strength. Not in any way giving my consent, like God is doing what he's doing. And, but you know what, we're God's wife. You know how husbands listen to their wives, especially when they nag? In the end, you listen. <laughs> you have no choice. So the Abishah should listen to us because we don't want this. We want Mashiach without this. And we say to God, you can do it without, uh, without this illness. <coughs> what, I, what I am inspired by, however, is that every, uh, there is a minak from the Baal Shem Tov that we say a capital of Tehillim Regard, relating to the year that you're at. Whichever year you are at in your life, depending on your birthday, that's when you say the capital of Tehillim, the chapter of Tehillim every day of that year that corresponds to your birthday. So I'm 48 now, so every day I say capital 49 from when my birthday was, and then till the next time my birthday, then I'll switch to 50. So we do. But Chassidim, because we realize that our life is deeply intertwined with our teacher, our master, our Rebbe, Neshama and Neshama Netzeles, that a Neshama is excavated from a Neshama Kololes, from a general soul. So Chassidim have the Minog, not only do they say their own capital, but they also say, the Rebbe's capital. <coughs> the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Um, he, this, from Yud Aleph Nisan, soon as it's going to be his next birthday, um, and we're going to start saying Kuf Yotes. I've heard many people say all along that Mashiach better be here by Yud Aleph Nisan. This has been, I've been hearing this for 20 years, especially as it was getting closer because people were being threatened. Because Kufiyot Tess, chapter 119, is the longest capital, right? It's eight times every one of the Aleph Bays. So people were saying, how in the world are we going to say that every day? Unless Mashiach is here already, and uh, life will slow down, and we won't have Yetzirah anymore, and we'll have patience and enjoyment to say such a long capital every day. But anyways, the Rebbe's capital is going to switch to 119 on the 11th of Nisan this year. Meanwhile, however, we're saying 118. So I'm looking at this <coughs> chapter. If you please forgive me, I still have that cough. And uh, I'm gonna go grab, I'm sorry for the candy, but I thought the tea will do, but it's uh, still coughing. So give me a second. So, in the so when you look, and I've been looking always. Obviously, the the leader of the generation in him is included the entire generation, and also the events of what is going to happen is connected deeply to his soul. 
And there's person. So I've been always looking in the last couple of years, we see Gavaldiga parallels between the Perak and Tehillim and what's happening. For instance, chapter 117 that we've been saying to last year, Yudal of Nisan, from the year 2017 to the year 2018. Sorry. In that, in that year, we said a tiny chapter of two, of two verses, which said, Halos Hashem Kol Goyim, let all the nations praise God. Shabchuhu Kala Umim. Because God has done great things for the Jewish people. So if you remember, that year was the year that there was such a transformation in terms of the attitudes of nations towards Israel, starting with our administration of President Trump over here in the United States of America. Everything that has been changing during that year, recognition of Yerushalayim, I think happened a little before that, but so many other things. The breaking of the Iran deal and um, the recognition of the Golan and, and then oh, so many things. We, you know, this, it, was, it was just a spectacular year. And the opening of the embassy. And actually that year, the announcement on Jerusalem came earlier, but the actual movement of the embassy happened then. And if you remember, there were great dignitaries came to Yerushalayim. There were pastors then who spoke and they quoted this verse and they were saying, praise God all the nations because God is being kind to Israel. Nations should praise God because God is being kind to Israel. You saw it with your own eyes. That happened that year. This year, from last year, from the year 2019 to 2020, Tafshin 5779 to 5780, we're saying this chapter, chapter 118, there's a lot of praise to God. It starts off, you know, in general, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be good. But there is pain over here. You can feel that there was going to be a struggle. The constriction you call out to God. You can feel the tension. It's one of the most... Tense prokam in Tehillim. I'm not afraid of what the Melech says, but they, they're, they're all coming around me, they're coming to bite me, to, to hurt me, but they're surrounding me like bees, they're stinging me. You looked at the past year, there was, there's a huge threat coming from Iran. Threat that was only getting worse and worse. What does the Pasuk say? They surround me. I'm not afraid. Why? Because God will cut them down. One of the things that happened this year was Israel didn't have to do anything to cut down its greatest threat and its greatest enemy. The United States did it for, 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 for them. Soleimani was killed. It was completely coming from God. And it didn't even bring repercussions. We thought it would bring the worst kind of repercussion. It didn't bring anything. You can see the, and, and with that, Rizzi, the last real danger for Israel was broken. And Iran is now continuing to, to fall. And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting and waiting any day, though. They're, they're totally out. The coronavirus is hitting them so, so badly. What, we, what they're saying is, is horrible. And we don't even know what they're not saying. So you see this happening. But then there are some sukkim over here that I think are just unbelievable speaking to the situation that we're in right now. It says, 
I will not die. I will live. And I will relate my seka, the actions, the deeds of God. Maybe I have some pain. I have some type of God rebukes me, puts me through yesurim, puts me through suffering. But to death God has not given me. Do I have to say? We're dealing with a plague that has made so many Jews, Rahman al-Islam, sick. I wished I can say that it wasn't going to bring any death. Sadly, we have people who did pass away. And Jews passed away, sadly. Few, but still. But in general, layamas. We have a brach over here. In general, Hashem should only protect. And whatever happened, happened, and shouldn't be not one more. But the prayer is loyamos, and I'm, I'm more than a prayer, it's a haftacha, this for sure. We won't die from this, we will live. Even if there is some kind of a suffering, but no death. And there shouldn't be chas v'shalom anymore. But you see the prayer is over here. But then you have psukim which continues. We say, open up for me the gates of righteousness. I will come into them, I will praise God. Zashar Hashem is the gateway to God. Sadikim Yavoyuboy, so that righteous one can come into it. And then we start praising. I thank you, God, you have answered me. And it seems that this Pischuli, this open up for me, the gates of righteousness, is connected. It comes right after this threat of death. And when we say loyams, we won't die. Go through some hardship, but we won't die. We'll come out intact. I think um, we can identify what this is talking about. For the first time in Jewish history, all the shuls have closed down. Jews cannot go to shul. Whoever heard such a the thing, whoever heard such a crazy thing, we have our shuls. There's no guy. <laughs> There's no threat from from the nations, from the Gentiles. Throughout history, the Yid was afraid that he'd get beaten up on the way to shul. Sadly, we had to share of that this year already also and with some anti-Semitism. But generally, we used to have that all the time. Or they forced their shuls to shut down, or they, whatever, they burnt down the shul, the Kazakhs ended this. We have all of our shuls. And yet, Jews can't go to shul. The health department doesn't let them. We need to. We need to listen to the doctors. And this Shabbos, the shuls were sadly vacated in isolation, in darkness. Not, a, not in this shul, a man Yisrael. I purposely had the janitor come, set the tables, put the, the tablecloths, had the lights open, had everything in shul like it was a regular Shabbos, so that the shul shouldn't be lonely and dark on Shabbos, even if we're not here. And I was also sure that maybe sometime during Shabbos we're going to flood the shul in song and in praise. That didn't happen yet. And maybe that would be a suggestion to other shuls. Let's keep the shuls uh, alive and open, not dark and gloomy. And I'm sure beings that we don't see also come to shul. You don't know who else comes to shul besides us. You know, maybe spiritual beings from other worlds come to shul also. Malachim, the shamans. They're not. They don't have the corona to worry about. Let let the shuls be open for them. Just a parenthetical note. But in general, the shuls are on lockdown. Yeshivas are in lockdown. All the study halls. All the, in, this is so mind-boggling in a sense it almost is even a, 
a greater thing than the virus itself, the idea that all shuls are down. Every shul, and even like major, major center shuls, big yeshivas that have thousands of people learning in them, down. 770, what's called the, the base Rabbeinu Sheba Bovel, he once gave a whole shir about it, shut down. Whoever heard of something like this? It doesn't make any sense. The silence. So that's what I want to talk about later in the shir. What can possibly be the reason for this massive shutdown of shuls right before Chaydesh Nisan this week? But I just want to say that it's, it's here. And even, even the entranceway to the old city, Shar Hayafo was shut. And the Kotel, the Kosal Hamaravi, desolated. I don't think they didn't allow anybody there, but kind of desolated. Imagine the silence. That so we're davening over here. Pischuli shari tzedek. Open back up the shuls. Hopefully it's not just the shul that will open, but the third temple will open. And all the shuls will be connected to the third base Amigdash. And then za'ashar l'ashem. This is the gateway to God. Tzadikim yavayubay. We've all done tshuva already. This virus had made us all bali tshuva. We've all done tshuva. We're all tzaddikim already. Once the shuls open up, we're all coming back to shul as tzaddikim. Tzaddikim yavoyuboy. Every Jew is a tzaddik. And then what's going to happen? Oh, are we going to praise? You've answered me by Tilelishua. You have been to my salvation. Whoever thinks that we won't have a salvation, we're going to have the greatest. This thing has been so crazy, and the salvation that's coming is. <laughs> Whoa! And what is it going to lead to? What is all this going to lead to? Even ma'asu aboinim the stone that the builders have rejected. pina has become the cornerstone, has become the main stone. What is this referring to? There's a certain rejection of a stone, and that stone will rise up. So the pirush of this. Eva Ma'asahabonim has many explanations. One is it's referring to the Jewish people. The Jewish people have been a downtrodden. The nations have trampled on, on the Jewish people, have said, God has rejected you. The world, the Bonim, those that were building the, 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 the civilization, said, Jews, they are the curse of God, the curse to humanity. And they've persecuted us and expelled us from country to country, from place to place. Even ma'asu abonim, the builders of civilization, the builders of the world that have rejected the Jewish people, that stone, will rise, will rise to be the glory of the whole world, the pride of all of humanity. And they will see that this has been the foundation stone of all of civilization and recognize what the Jewish people have contributed. There's another pirush. Evemaso Abonim is referring to Malchus based David. David Amelech is speaking about himself. We know that King David himself experienced incredible with the black sheep in the family. He experienced so much rejection. First, they thought he was an illegitimate child. Long story behind it, I'm not going to get into it right now. The family himself, his own family, his brothers, went and were embarrassed of him. 
they, 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 they sent him out of the house, so he should be killed as a shepherd far away. He should be killed by a wild beast. As David HaMelech said, I killed the, the lion, I killed the bear. He was out there exposed because his family rejected him. They were embarrassed of him. And then later when God sent Shmuel Anavi to, uh, to anoint one of the sons of Yishai, you know, Yishai brought all of his sons. Yishai is a tzaddik that never sinned. He, he had sons that were towering giants. Everybody looked at them and said, whoa, 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 wow, they're the ones. It wasn't them. The Bechir Hashem was the one who was rejected, the one who was out in the field. And then after he, after he was anointed, still wasn't accepted. Even after he became king, he was anointed by the Navi. People couldn't, couldn't bear it. It took, for seven years, only his tribe followed him. Seven and a half years, until he was king of Hebron. Until he was finally anointed in Jerusalem, and forever the beloved king of the Jewish people. Well, so will be with his grandson, Mashiach Tzedkenu. I've been saying all along. He spoke about Mashiach Tzedkenu. spoke about the Holy Baal Shem Tov, The godly light that came through the Baal Shem Tov, The teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. And then, as it spread through Hasidus, for whatever reason, Chabad, Rabshner Zalman of Liadi, was the one who was able, from all the students of the Baal Shem Tov, to get what we say, like Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Abarditchev has said, the panemius, the innermost, the essence of the Baal Shem Tov, and put it into the book of Tanya. Seven generations, like the Lubavitcher Rebbe spoke the day he became Rebbe, of seven generations of tzaddikim whose job was to bring the Shekhinah down to the world, finally the seventh one, Basi Lagani. People say, well, you say the Lubavitcher Rebbe is Mashiach, he wasn't accepted by Torah Judaism. Well, the great Rosh Hashivas rabbis, Yes, I mean, <laughs> there are books and books that are written of what tzaddikim and the great rabbis did say about the Rebbe. But still, yeah, a lot of rejection, a lot of making fun of, a lot of, a lot of persecution. And his chassidim, especially those that are following him till the end, true to his word of what he said in 1990 and in 1991, about the revelation of Mashiach. Even Masu Habainim. In the end, Haisal Reish Pina. Haisal Reish Pina. They're going to rise. They're going to rise. La'ene Kol Yisrael. Who are the Bainim? Bainim are referring to the Talmud and They're called Bainim, the builders of the world. Yeah. Not all the rabbis followed. Sadly, even in the chassidim, in this Indian of Moshiach, yeah, it's not, not everybody is taking the words of the Rebbe for face value of what he said. Ma'asu ha'boinim. But hoysel In the end, hoysel then what happens, but this is all during, and, and then what's going to happen? We're going to say, Me'es Hashem This is all godly. This is all coming from Hashem. He niflas This whole episode that's going to happen, like right at the end, and what's taking place right now, is going to lead to something so magnificent. And everybody say, wow, this is all Me'es Hashem from, 
from, from directly from Hashem. And Zehayoimos Hashem, that this is the day that God has done, that we should rejoice. And I guess the intensity of the time is so intense that we cry out, On Hashem Hashem, no, please Hashem help. On Hashem Atzlicha, no, please Hashem make, this, make, make us successful, make this project successful. But then what do we say? Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem, blessed are those who come in the name of God, you will be blessed from the house of Hashem. So the Abar Benel <coughs> wrote a pirish on the Yagodah called Zevach Pesach. The Abar Benel says that this Pasuk, Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem, blessed is the one who comes in the name of God, is what the Jewish people are going to say to Melech HaMoshiach when Melech HaMashiach is going to appear. We are going to greet him with Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem. And this is all a continuation to the situation of Eloi Amos Kiyachya, I won't die, I want to live. This comforts me. We're already there. Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem. Soon we're going to say Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem. It's also interesting, it's chapter 26. Baruch Abba B'Shem Hashem. And Gimel Tammuz, the day of the Rebbe not being visible to us, because I don't know exactly what happened then. I, don't, I do know that he's not visible anymore in the physical world. So it was, 20, it was 25 and a half years. We're in the 26th year. Baruch Hashem, blessed is the one that comes in the name of God, is what the Jewish people are going to say. I think this is very, very, very powerful and very unique, I mean very special that we have this in the capital that we're saying this year. And guess what? The next capital, 119, that's already the lights, already pure lights of Mashiach because we have the 22 letters. The 22 letters filled, um, repeated eight times. Eight is the number of the redemption. Eight is the transcendental light of the Giyula. Okay. So now, in over here, we had just mentioned. We had just mentioned about the shuls all being in lockdown, everything being closed, and the question was, what can possibly be the explanation of this lockdown, this last Shabbos? Now, this last Shabbos was a very powerful Shabbos. It was Shabbos Mevorchem Chaydish Nisan, Shabbos which we blessed the month of Nisan. Now, all the months are special. Every Shabbos Mevorchim is special. And this last Shabbos wasn't just Shabbos Mevorchim, but it was Shabbos Mevorchim. It's the Shabbos that we blessed the first month of the year. Of the year. And the month that's and, what else is, that's what happened. What's coming our way? Rosh Chodesh itself is coming our way. This Thursday. What's, and what does it say about Rosh Chodesh? This Chodesh is the greatest of all months. So we would expect that the Shabbos needed a really good bracha. Inter sad, painful thing. No one was in shul to bench the new months. I mean, people can do it. You could, you could do it privately. and I did it privately at home, and I'm sure many people did it privately. But it's not holding the Sefer Torah with the whole community, singing and nigging, evoking God's blessing. It was, but in addition to that, it was also we finished the book of Shemos, 
which was Vayakel Pekudei. In the book of Shemoz, was a double portion, whenever we finish a book, we say Chazak, Chazek, Venis Chazek, let's strengthen ourselves. And in this case, what was the strengthening? It's the book of Shemoz, out of all five books. It's the book, it's called Sefer HaGeula, the Sefer of Redemption. This past Shabbos was the book, was the conclusion of the book of Geula, with saying three times Chazak on the Geula. And again, it wasn't done. Because we didn't read in the Torah, because no one was no one was in shul. In addition to that, we took out an extra Sefer Torah, or we should have taken out an extra Sefer Torah, in which we would have read the fourth of the four readings that there are special every year. And that's the Parsha Sachodesh, where we're reading what God tells Moshe Rabbeinu about the greatness of the up-and-coming month, and that he should tell the Jewish people to prepare the Paschal Lamb, the Karben Pesach. And again, the Sefer Torah remained inside the Ark, and it was quiet in the shuls, and everybody was home. How can we possibly conceive and understand what went on this past Shabbos? I hope that this next Shabbos, it's already in Chodesh Nisan, we're going to be already in Yerushalayim with the third Beis Amigdash. shouldn't repeat itself again. But I will say it was a lonely Shabbos. It was a lonely Shabbos. I tried to make the best out of it in terms of singing and doing the whole, but it was lonely. So, what's going on? I think something, I mean, try to make lemonade <coughs> from lemons. It's sad, but Hasidus teaches us to see the good. But I think there is something so good and so unbelievably awesome that just took place in the past Shabbos that um, I'd like to share a Mashiach thought. I think it's the truth or else I wouldn't be saying it. Um, regarding the month that's coming our way, Latoiva, Chodesh Nisan, the we say about it that it's the first month. But it's strange because it's not really the first month. <coughs> it's, it comes out of the middle of the year. It's really, in terms of the calendar, it's the seventh month of the year. Because the calendar, the, the, the year changes. When did it become 5780? In Tishrei. So Tishrei is six months ago. So now it's the middle of the year, but it's the first month. So we've discussed this already, that the Jewish year has two beginnings. We have a first month that comes out in the, in the middle of the year, Nisan, and then we have the beginning of the year that comes out on the seventh month. But it wasn't always like this. In the Haftorah of Pasha's Pekude that we would have read in Shul Laud, no, we wouldn't have read it because we we're reading the special Haftorah of Achodesh, but if you read it for yourself, it says, Vayikahalu Amelech Shlomo, the Jewish people gathered on Melech to, to Shlomo Amelech when they, when they had the festivities of the inauguration of the first temple, of the Bayes Risha in the first temple, it says the Jewish people gathered in the month of Eisanim. So the Targum Yonason says, what does it mean, which, which means the month of Tishrei? It's called the Yerach Eitanim. What is the word Eitan? What does it mean? It means the ancient ones. So, <coughs> so the Targum Yonason says, a long time ago, the ancient ones would refer to Tishrei as the first month. Now it's the seventh month. That's what the Targum says. Ka'an, now it's the seventh month. But initially it was the first month. 
The means, and when did it change? It changed by the Exodus, by Tzias Mitzrayim. When Hashem tells Moshe, HaChodesh HaZelachem, Chadashim, that this month is going to be Rosh Chodesh, that's when the change took place. Hashem switched, and He made, He took the, the honor of being the first month away from Tishrei, and He put it to Nisan. Now this is consistent with what it says in the Medrash. In the Medrash it says, in Shmois Rab, I think in Parshas Boy, Mishabachar HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ba'olamo, when God chose His world, Kava Boy, He instituted Rosh Echadashim, He instituted for, um, Rosh Chodesh. Mishabachar B'Yaakov Ubanov, when Hashem chose Yaakov and His children, Kava Boy, He instituted in the world, Chodesh El Geula, a Chodesh of redemption. And that is a Chodesh Azalachem. That means that God made <coughs> two choices. First, He created a world and then He fell in love with it. That's what it means. Mishay Bachar, He chose it. That means he, he, he loved His world, He attached Himself to it. So there's really three things there's the creation of the world, <coughs> there is Hashem attaching Himself to the world by really liking it, saying Mishay Bachar, He chooses it. And when He does that, He institutes Rosh Chodesh. And, but, yeah, but which Chodesh it doesn't say he, he made Rosh Chodesh he made that there should be a Rosh Chodesh the beginning of every month but when he chose Yaakov and his sons that's a second choice within the world he chooses Yaakov he chooses the Jewish people oh so he goes and he makes an alteration and he changes time itself and he, inst- he, he institutes a new phenomenon in the world, a chodesh, a month of redemption. So, what did God initially, when Hashem chose His world, <coughs> what did Hashem then institute? Twelve months. And which was going to be the head of it? Tishrei. When Hashem chose the Jewish people, that's when he chooses Nisan. So what's the deeper meaning? What does this mean? Why is God having to change? Okay, he's choosing the Jewish people. We can continue having the world as it is. And uh, okay, you're going to do things special with Israel. What does it have to do with changing time and kind of starting things in Nisan? And the answer to that is, it has to do with the way God is engaging with creation and with the world. The idea of a Rosh Chodesh means that it's a general day. Rosh means a head. The life force of a human being is first delivered to the brain, and from the brain, it's delivered to the entire body. So the brain is first includes the life of the entire body. Then it's diffused throughout the body. A Rosh Chodesh means when God creates time, time and space, he's not equally flowing his energy, his, his input of, of divine energy flow is not just equally diffused into 365 days of the year. It works through a system. He gives the energy first into the Rosh, it's Rosh Hashanah, and then from there it goes into Rosh Chodesh. The Rosh, every Rosh Chodesh is a brain it has, has within it 
the life force of the entire month. And then from that day, it goes into all the other, into the details, into all the days. It's almost like a, a general file or a folder. And every day is a file in the folder. But there is the download of the folder. And the downloading of the folder is on Rosh Chodesh. And here is a very important idea. Initially, when God creates time, He creates a world, the downloadable energy, which He's going to download to sustain creation and be involved in creation, is a, is a download that belongs to the month of Tishrei. Tishrei is able to facilitate it. When God got excited about the Jewish people, He got so excited and wanted to engage the world <coughs> in such an intimate way, that the old system, however, would not be able to tolerate the high voltage, the intensity of this download. So God had to recreate a new system of time and plant it in a different, like, a different beginning. Hashem has to like set a whole new system of divine flow into the world so that He can download what He wants to download in, in Tishrei, in Nisan, which is his very self. What does that mean? And why is Tishrei not the, the vessel for it? And Nisan is this new channel for this much higher connection. It's related to the idea that um, creation, the way God created it, has limitations, it has boundaries. Hashem created a limited world. He created a fixed reality. Each creation and its design, each creation and with its parameters. Some smaller, some larger. Some super humongous, some just incredibly vast that it's like our minds can't even begin to fathom. And it goes higher and higher because there are things that we don't see. And even beyond and beyond and beyond that if you start reading the writings of Kabbalah you can see how vast and infinitely endless, you know. <laughs> but it's not really infinite. Everything has a limitation. Every world is fixed with a certain fixed, because it's an olam, it's world. And world has to end somewhere. And so, some of them, we can't in any way measure them. But yet, they are fixed. And because Hashem creates the world with the name of Elohim, and the name of Elohim is limitation and boundary. Din. Din means constrictions. Only God Himself is beyond limitations and beyond constrictions. But the world that He creates is a fixed, defined world. When Hashem chose Yaakov and his sons, He says, <coughs> now it's a whole new story. You, the Jewish people, I want to give you something. I don't want to give you a great gift of this or of that. Hashem gives gifts to all, man, all of mankind. He gives everybody different qualities, different, different uh, specialties. Every nation has something special and unique. But for the Jewish people, God says to you, I want to get married to you, which means I want to give you myself. I want to download a husband and a wife, and a husband transmits to his wife the intimacy between a husband and a wife. He's giving his essence, giving his very being. He's giving himself. That's why you create a child. A child is, is a whole duplication of the father. You're giving your very DNA, your very substance of being. 
with the Jewish people, God says, I'm giving you me, my entire being. Who, who, me? Me, as I am completely unlimited and infinite. Chazal referred to this idea. And, and where is this transmission taking place? To the Jewish people, through Torah and mitzvahs. The Torah and the mitzvahs are the actual downloads where we're downloading that which is <coughs> infinitely higher than the creation. That's why God demands of us, He says, Tachas Hashem There's a verse that in Pasha's Kisavo. God says, All these rebuke, all these punishments are going to come upon you because you did not serve God. With joy and with gladness of heart, more than everything. Simply, it means when you had everything, you were you didn't serve God. So now I'm going to make you trouble. I'm going to take away everything and I'm going to give you a hardship. But Arizal explains no. The punishment is not that you didn't serve. You served God, but you didn't serve Him with joy. And what should have given you the joy? What should have made you happy? By contemplating that the mitzvahs that God is giving you an opportunity to do is more precious and giving you more than having everything. And when we say everything, we mean literally everything. Imagine if Malach Michal comes and gives you a deed, writes you a contract, or gives you a... Um, a um, a document in which God Himself has signed off. God belongs to the whole earth. That He has literally given you the entire real estate of the world that belongs to you. It's yours. Every building, every bridge, every city, everything. Everything that exists in the entire world is yours. That's, that's. I think Jeff Be Bezos has money. Look at this. Now you have everything. It would be very exciting. That would be like, whoa. All this. <coughs> and yet we're saying one mitzvah. You have tzitzis, little string. This is worth more than everything. But Hasidus takes it even deeper. When we say everything, we don't only mean everything material and physical. We mean everything spiritual. And everything spiritual meaning everything spiritual. All the pleasures and all the delights of the lower Ganeiden and the higher Ganeiden. There's two levels in Ganeiden, and really there are millions and millions and millions of levels of Ganeiden, and each level is exponentially greater than what was before. And the pleasures that there are available in each of these levels are, as we said, exponentially more delightful and more pleasurable than what was before. And yet, that's all part of everything, the Arizal says. That you're supposed to realize that, what's the upcoming mitzvah? That that little, small measure of matzah, that cracker that you're going to chew on, on munch on, and eat quickly on Pesach by night, this year hopefully with a slice of lamb, <coughs> along with it from the carbon Pesach, is worth, its value is more than everything. Why? So Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, the Alter Rebbe says, in Lakuti Torah and Torah Or, I'm sorry, and this, this is in, in, in Maimer and Torah Or, Lachena Mor Lebnei Yisrael, it says it in a few, many places, this is one of the places. 
in where he says that the reason for that is because of what it says in one pasuk. It says, Hodo, Hashem, Hashem, we should praise the name of God. Because his name is exalted alone. Hodo His his glory is on the heaven and the earth. But to his nation, he has lifted you up to the horn or to the principle. Karen means also principle. What does that mean? So the Pasuk is saying, he says like this, realize what reality is made out of. What did God invest in creation? What does God invest in the sum totality of creation? When Hashem creates the world, what does He invest in it? He invests only a tiny little ray of Himself. Only a ray of His lowest manifestation. We know that the Abishta contracts himself into ten spherot, ten attributes. That itself is already a massive contraction. And then in the last of the ten spherot, <coughs> there is a sphere of Malchus, of kingship. And that's called His name. And here is the idea that when God creates the world and the sum totality of all of existence, He is only imparting and emanating into the creation, investing in the creation, channeling into the creation, only a ray of His kingship, a ray of His name, not His name, a ray of His name, an external ray of His name. That's the meaning of His name is untouched. No one has even touched His name to be able to siphon energy or, 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 or derive energy and be sustained by His name because we would all blow a fuse. The name is infinite, so it can only sustain something that's infinite. The ray of His name, earth and heaven is referring to the upper Ganeidin, the lower Ganeidin, and finally earth and everything that's in it. The everything that we're speaking about before. That whole entire everything is only what? Only a ray of His name. His name is above it all. Vayarem keren liyamoi. But to His nation, to His nation, God has given keren. He has given His crown. Keren is at the top of the head. Or the principle. What does that mean? Not only the panemius of Malchus, of His name, but the panemius of His very being. That means in Kabbalistic terms, Hashem didn't only give us access to the inner level of the Shekhinah of Malchus, but even higher Yesod, and even higher than Yesod, Hod, and higher than Hod, Netzach, and higher than Netzach, Teferes, and higher than Teferes, you go uh, Gevura, and Chesed, and Das, and Bina, and Chachma, and even beyond Chachma, Aleph, Keser, the crown, the infinite, that's where God has plugged us into, into His very, very being. That's why creation, we find, begins with a base. When God creates the world, beratious. In the beginning, God creates. It begins only with a base. When Hashem gives the Torah, it says, Anochi, I am. Who's Anochi? First of all, I am is my very being, but also the Aleph of Anochi Aleph, if you rearrange the letters, you get the word Pela. Pela means a wonder, that which is infinitely beyond any intellect, even divine intelligence. Keser, God's very self, the infinite. Pela, the what's wondrous, what we have totally inconceivable. And that's given to us in every mitzvah. 
Torah and mitzvahs, when you are doing a mitzvah, it doesn't make a difference what the mitzvah is. Think about it. You did a mitzvah today. Maybe you gave a, a, a quarter to a tzedakah box. Maybe you put on tefillin today. Maybe you learned something of Torah. Maybe you benched. Maybe you made a bracha. These are all mitzvahs. Every mitzvah is a download of God Himself. That's what the Alter Rebbe says. Every single day a person has to vision, envision himself, that he went out of Egypt. What does it mean every day I should envision myself I went out of Egypt? How did, we, how, how did I go out of Egypt today? What is the deeper meaning of the word Egypt? Mitzrayim in Hebrew means a limitation, a boundaries. There are the boundaries of our material existence. We all understand that. Today we see how fickle we are <laughs> and how limited we are in the situation. You know, we think about like three, two weeks ago we were kind of free and now we're, we're constricted, right? But life, physical existence is constricting. But even when our souls were free and they, were, they, they inhabited the spiritual spheres above and they had far more expansion, they had expansive vision and then deep connections, but still, we're still living in a limitation. Because all, all spiritual worlds, they're, they're all limited. Everything is limited. The entire system of creation to the very beginning of beginning is all started with Bayes. Bayes is already the constricted light, the ray of his name. That's what is sustaining creation. It's a finite energy. God is limiting his, his energy to create a finite existence. And no one can escape it. You can't, because you can go higher. You know, the Arizal explains that there's going to be the system of the way God set up the world is that there is a period of time called 50,000 Jubilee years. Jubilee is 50 years. So there's a period of 50,000 Jubilee years until the end of time. Um, I, what I think that means is that we now, for instance, are in the year 5,780. I think the Arizal means, I have to check it up, that we are really only the first week of creation. We haven't even gotten the first year because we haven't even reached the first Shabbos. Shabbos is going to be year 6,000 because by God, it's a thousand years is a day. We haven't even reached a week. Once it gets Shabbos, the world is going to experience an elevation. Shabbos is going to elevate. All of existence, not just down here, from down here all the way up, is going to rise up to experience a much higher manifestation of the divine because it's Shabbos. When it's going to become the following week, Sunday, it's not going to go back to darkness. We're going to be set on a higher plane in the year 7,000 and start going deeper and deeper. We're going to have a next week until we reach 7,000 years later and we're just going to be the second week. Okay, and then we have to finish an entire year. That's 50 weeks. Imagine how much higher we're going to be going because every Shabbos is a whole new level of of growth, and that's really after Mashiach. So we're dealing with, whoa, what kind of life, what kind of godly connection it's gonna be. So we travel till we get a jubilee year, and we know the jubilee is seven times seven, so the 50th year is like a quantum leap in terms of the world's elevation, in terms of the world's expansion to receive a much higher presence of the divine. And that's only one jubilee. We have to do that 50,000 times. So we're talking about higher and higher and higher, but the Arizal says that's all part of kol. Kol is 50. Chaf Lamed is 50. It's the part of the 50,000 years. Because it's all still only the ray. Where do we have God's essence? In a mitzvah. In the mitzvah itself is when you and God Himself are joining together. 
And that's why you should be so happy. So the, the Alter Rebbe says, that's what it means, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. You just went out of Egypt. You broke out of all constrictions and boundaries and limitations the moment you did a mitzvah. Every day we're given an opportunity, Asher of God sanctified us with his mitzvahs, which means the ability to download God himself and unify with him. Based on this, we can understand why God had to change time when he was about to um, take us out of Egypt and bring us to Mount Sinai and give us the Torah. Why? Because <coughs> Tishrei, the month of Tishrei, is when creation starts. That's when God set into motion the world. That means that's when God activates his name of Elohim and he creates the creation, which is bounded and limited. Now we know Rosh Hashanah, however, is a day of judgment, that's why. Because we know that's because the, what, what God has activated of himself is his attribute of judgment. But we know Rosh Hashanah, we blow shofar, and what happens then? We change it from the attribute of judgment to the attribute of mercy. We know that Hashem gets up from his throne of judgment and he goes on to his throne of mercy. But that too is related to the story of creation. Because it says initially when God created the world, God already had self-employed the shofar. Because initially he wanted to create the world only with the attribute of judgment. And then he decided that he's going to mix with, into it the attribute of mercy. Shittuf by Midas Arachmem, God is going to join along the attribute of mercy. Like it says by creation, it doesn't only in the end, after creation, it says not just that, that Elohim created, it says, sois Hashem Elohim Eretz v'shamayim. On the day that Hashem, Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, together with Elohim, created heaven and earth. So you see that Havaya is also there. There is a joining of Midas Arachim. But even after Hashem joins Midas Arachim, it's still judgment. Because Hashem is still judging. But He's not judging with exact judgment. He's judging in a more relaxed way. What's the idea of judgment? The idea of, the idea of judgment means limitation, boundaries. I'm judging you based on your deserving. What you deserve, you get. Okay, I can be very strict. That's by the very sharp, scrutinizing eye of God being very exact. That's Midas Elohim. Now when you mix Midas Arachim, that means you loosen up the judgment. But it's still judgment, which means the conduct of God's attitude in Tishrei, in his relationship with the world, is from a place of limitation. It's a base of restriction where he is relating to the world as the world is, and that's how he is responding. Since, however, when God wants to give us the Torah, which means he wants to lift us up beyond all limitations and boundaries of worldly existence and enable us to merge, fuse, join, connect, attach ourselves to his very being as he truly is, unimpacted, un unimpressed by anything outside of him, just who he is. And he within himself wants to do kindness, not because of anybody deserving, just because because God desires kindness. He wants to do infinite kindness, unmeasured and unlimited. And from that place is where God wants to give the Torah, unlimited and unmeasured godliness. Hashem as he is, unfiltered, un undiminished. Tishrei is not a vessel for that. Tishrei is where where the, where, the, where, the, where the limitations are set 
the, 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 the connection to the world is based on a certain system of, of limitation and of boundaries and of, 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 of uh, deservance. Hashem has to open up a new, it's almost like a new creation. Mishabachar be'yakoi ve'bonov and Hashem has to introduce Yetzias Mitzrayim, going out of boundaries, a new system of time. And what time is, what's that? Nisan. And the, the word Nisan means miracles. Miracles means he's not limited by any order, by any fixed thing. Hashem is just pouring his, his light and his goodness. And it has nothing to do with anybody deserving anything. It's not limited to anybody's avoda. It's God being God because he wants to show himself as he is. Doesn't make a difference where we stand, what we deserve. He wants to pour his infinite love to every single one of us. The Jewish people didn't deserve the redemption. Or maybe if they had merits, it wasn't their merits that triggered the redemption. It was God's kindness, Pesach. Totally coming from Him. It doesn't belong in Tishrei. It belongs in Nisan, where the window is open to an infinite and most core essential essence of the Eberster as God wants to be Himself. <coughs> so that's the difference between Tishrei and between Nisan. That's why we find another thing. We said earlier that um, in the ancient days, Tishrei was the first month. And then it was switched that Hashem made Nisan. And obviously the question is, we asked earlier, why does God have to switch time? Why did he switch it? Why did he make the first be Nisan? He said, oh, but Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, he changed it. And what, simply reason, why did, he, why did we start making Nisan? Why did we start say, making Nisan um, the, first, the, first, uh, the first month? And the reason is because such a great event happened, God took us out of Egypt. And that is, in a sense, greater than God creating the world. In other words, in in history, until we went out of Egypt, the greatest event in history was creation. So we commemorated creation. So we looked in the calendar. When is number, when, when will be the first day? When? When creation. Not only because it's the first, because that was the greatest thing. So, but once Yetis Mitzrayim happened, something much greater happened. That's where we go to, we go to Nisan. But the question is, okay, so why did Yetis Mitzrayim have to happen in Nisan? Then God could have made Yetis Mitzrayim happen in Tishrei. But now we understand. Yitzhiya Mitzrayim can't happen in Tishrei because it's the total antithesis to Tishrei. Tishrei is creating <coughs> boundaries and limitations, creating a world. Nisan is going out of the world, breaking out of those limitations and boundaries, which is, by the way, which is the idea of Torah. And that's why when Hashem gives the Torah, what does He say? Hashem I'm God your God. And the Mepharshim say, why doesn't it say, I'm God your God who created heaven and earth? Instead it says, I'm God your God who took you out of Egypt. What's the reason? And the answer is, because the, the God that we're connecting to, meaning the, the depth of Hashem that we're connecting to, the place that we're connecting to through Torah and mitzvahs, is not the level of God that created heaven and earth. That's the external of God. The, what we're connecting to is the God that took us out of Egypt. That's His essence. That's the infinite of Hashem. And that was dis displayed in the fact that there's no boundaries and there's low, low limitations. 
exiting all definitions and all limitations, exiting the 50,000 jubilee years of higher and higher, but this is infinitely beyond that. So for that reason, Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim had to happen in Nisan, couldn't happen in Tishrei. It's miracles. A mitzvah is a miracle. But now the question is, we know that to some degree, the going out of Egypt, to some degree, the going out of Egypt did start in Tishrei. Why? The sages say that the year that the Jewish people went out of Egypt, in the year 2448, they stopped working already because the plagues came and they stopped working already in Tishrei. The enslavement stopped. When did they go out in Nisan? It took another few months. It took six months until we completed the plagues. One plague per month. And then came Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim on Pesach in Nisan. If we're saying that the act of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim belongs in Nisan, so how come already you see to a certain degree it started already they, they already, no one had to work anymore. Similar like we're having right now. The panemius of what's going on is everybody, no one is at work because we're not working anymore. We have to get used to no more working. No one is working anymore. Everybody go home, we're going to be living a life in which you can sit and study Torah all day long, you don't have to work. That's by the way the full truth of what's really happening. Of So many other things that are happening now. People can't go to shul for instance to say Kaddish. Funerals, no one can attend funerals. No one can, shiva calls, people have to, I mean, not to be sad, but it's very sad, no one can come. So someone told me a deeper thought, which is, Shem is saying, this is over, there's not gonna be any more shiva, there's not, sadly right now, the people that are in this, this state, Hashem should have mercy on them, I'm not, but I'm saying, but God is saying goodbye with this. You're not working anymore, everybody's home. It's like in Mitzrayim on Tishrei, no more, everybody home. But why did it happen in Tishrei? If we have to wait for Nisan. The answer is like this. What did we say earlier? In, 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 when God creates the world, there are two things. There is creation of the world, and there's the fact that God chooses the world. Not yet choosing the Jewish people, but choosing the world. Choosing the world means getting involved deeper with the world. He loves it, and therefore gets more connected. So, Creating the world is through the name of Elohim, real rigidity. That leads to the exile, Golos Mitzrayim with all the suffering. When Hashem chooses the world, He created the month of Tishrei, He instituted Rosh Chodesh, which is Tishrei. What does it mean He chose the world? He instituted Rosh Chodesh. It means that He added the name Havaya, He added Midos HaRachamim. And like we said on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem is not judging with stern judgment. He's, judge, he's judging with compassion. But He's still judging. So therefore, in that, that showed itself in the year we went out of Egypt, that the harsh judgment collapsed, and we kind of were able to enjoy, <coughs> in exile, we were already <coughs> able to like, breathe. The shackles of exile were loosened, but there was still exile. So Tishrei, the name of Yudke Vavke joining with the name of Elohim, but it's still limitation. There is still a boundary. Nisan, no boundaries at all. So to go out of Mitzrayim truthfully and permanently, for that, we needed we need Nisan. Now, just like it was in the past, so it will be in the future. 
Benisan nigalu and Nisan we were redeemed. Ubenisan nasidin li and in the Nisan we're going to be redeemed. There's actually a, an argument in the Gemara. When is going to be the future redemption? There's an argument between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua. When is going to be the future redemption? <coughs> Rabbi Eliezer says that the previous redemption, the redemption from the redemption from Egypt, happened in Nisan, but the future, the up and coming redemption, is going to be in Tishrei. That's Rabbi Eliezer's opinion. Gemara, I think, in Masech Tainus. Rabbi Yeshua says no. The previous redemption was in Nisan. This one is also going to be in Nisan. So the Tzemach Tzedek, whose yard site is coming up in Nisan, the 13th day of Nisan, the third Chabad Rebbe, in a phenomenal discourse, or discourse that he said a few days before his passing, I think relating to Achodesh Hazeh, probably two weeks before his passing, a little less than two weeks. He explains the, that argument between Rebbe Yezer and Whatever we're saying tonight, by the way, is based on that discourse, based on the Lubavitcher Rebbe's discourse that's based on that. So, um, he, he, he says, Rebbe Lezer and Rebbe Yeshua, you know why they're arguing in this? Is because they have another argument. Each one is following their understanding of the redemption. Rebbe Lezer says, and we discussed this in the summer, in Yisrael Oisim Tshuva, if the Jewish people do Tshuva, they'll be redeemed. If we don't do Tshuva, we won't be redeemed. Rabbi says that the Geula is coming for a price. We have to pay. We have to do tshuva. And he brings psukim on that. Rabbi Yeshua says, no. Loi bekesef. What is the Lashon over there? Not with money. Hashem says, it's not with money. I'm not, the the Geula is, is on me, God says. That whether we do tshuva, if we don't do tshuva, there is, Mashiach is going to come. I mean, the Gemara says that God says, I'm going to put upon you a king like Haman, and it seems like he's going to make you do true. But we discussed this already in the summer in a long class from the Mitla Rebbe. What it really means is Rabbi Yeshua Be'etzem holds that the Giyul is not dependent on Shuva. Rabbi Yezer says it is dependent on Shuva. Now we'll understand, says the Tzemach Tzedek, why they're arguing in the time of the redemption. In Tishrei, in the month, Tishrei is the month of Shuva. It follows the month of Elul, soul-searching, deep, Tshuva that we do, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Aseris Yemei Tshuva. So the whole Tishrei, God is reciprocating to us. Nisan is when Hashem is bending down to His beloved child and lifting us up from the garbage, lifting us up from the darkness, lifting us up from misery and pain completely on His, on the house. It's something that he's doing because this is what he wants to do out of pure love. It's coming from him. It's unrelated to us whatsoever. And that's the way he wants it in the month of Nisan. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do good things, but it's not dependent on us. It's a completely gift from above. That's, that's Nisan. So since Rabbi Yeshua holds that the redemption is going to be coming without tshuva, that means it's God doing it because Hashem wants to do it. That's why it's going to come in Nisan. Rabbi Eliezer, who holds that the Giyula is dependent on our tshuva, puts the Giyula in, in Tishrei. Now in the Gemara, it's an argument. It doesn't say who won the argument. In the Midrash, however, the Midrash states, with, doesn't state both opinions, just states the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua that in Nisan we were redeemed, and Nisan we're going to be redeemed. Which means the halacha is like Rabbi Yeshua. 
That means even though Mashiach technically could come any time, but the time of the redemption is in Nisan. And what's the reason for that? Because it's going to be a purely a <clears throat> A, a, a yesoiridus from above, not dependent on anything we do. And much even greater than the one when we went out of Mitzrayim. <clears throat> so here we're standing at the time when God has literally <clears throat> stopped the entire world. It's clear without a shadow of a doubt. And this happens when? Right before the month of Nisan. The Abishta suspends all of creation and the entire world. Everything stops. Every system that has worked till now came to an end. This is the first time in history that something like this has happened. Being done gentle, but it's still <coughs> gentle. I'm sure it's gentle, but it's painful, but okay, I don't want to say. But an unbelievable thing is going on, right? This is not regular. This is not just another event. And it's happening right before the month of Nisan. If there ever is a Nisan that we should be waiting for, excited, excited for, and confident, and absolute. I know of a woman over here that has taken, taken my Mashiach Brachas cards, special card that we made with all the blessings you say when Mashiach comes. Put it on her door. She has a valise and a suitcase packed up. Each and every one of us should have a valise and a suitcase packed our Ramuna, that Moshiach is coming, if there ever was a time to pack that valise, it's now. So what does God do the week before? What does Hashem do? Shabbos Mevorchem Nisan. He wants to make sure that we know that this redemption is not going to be dependent on anything, any of our virtues or any of our merits. This redemption is completely on God and therefore every single one of us and every single Jew is going out of this gullus. So what does God do? He shuts down all the shuls and He does not allow us to do anything the Shabbos, anything in terms of communal. No birches achodesh, no chazak chazak, nothing. There were those chas who will say God is upset. God is not upset. It's the opposite. The infinite love of the Abishter. He's showing for the Jewish people. He says this is totally on me. You don't have to do anything. The same like by Kriyas Yamsuf. When the Abishter said, when Moshe Rabbeinu says to God, to the Jewish people, Hashem yilachem lachem, God will fight for you. Va'atem tachrishun. You be silent. As the Zohar says, Ba'atika talia. This is coming from the innermost of God's essence. And Hashem says, Silence! No one. This is from my essence. Hashem is now reaching to us from His essence and He told us silence this last Shabbos. And we are waiting for the biggest blessing to come pouring down. We're waiting for God's kiss like we've never been kissed before. For His hug and for His embrace like we've never been embraced before. This is where we're standing right now. But there is a one question which we're going to conclude with. The question is, we know that when things, there is a quality when things come from God. But there is also a quality when we put the work in. And we know that anything that comes as a gift, we don't hold on to it. But something that comes from our work, it might not be, we can't, we can only deserve up to a certain level so we can't get out of our work the same kind of level of what we would receive when we're given a gift, because that's not dependent on our work. 
But yet, what we work for lasts and remains ours. So here's the question. We know that this up-and-coming redemption, and when I say up-and-coming, I mean the redemption unfolding in front of our eyes, mamish now. This redemption is going to be a permanent, everlasting redemption. How can it be that this redemption is given to us in a way where we don't do anything and Hashem is giving it to us as a gift? How is it going to last? So the Tzemach Tzedek says an awesome thing. This idea that a, a, a godly transmission that comes to us through our work will last and that which comes through a gift will not last is hinted to in a statement that the sages say. The sages say on the Pasuk Isha Ki Tazriya that when in a husband and wife's intimacy that when <coughs> a woman is the one who transmits seed first she will the, the child that will be born will be a boy. If it's the man that transmits seed first the it will be a girl. So the, the, the Hasidic interpretation, the Mimer and Lakuti Torah from Shmir Zalman on this statement of the sages is it's referring to our relationship with God. If the woman, which is us, we're the wife, in our relationship with God, we stimulate first, we're the ones who work our way into, into Torah mitzvahs, we're the ones deserving it, then what God is going to give us is a boy. A boy is considered a stronger person. That means he's more lasting. If the man is the one who transmits seed first, which means that God is the one who is going to stimulate us, it's coming from God, then what? You'll let us nekeva. Then we'll, we'll, we'll have a baby, we'll create something, but it's going to be a girl, meaning it's going to be a little weaker. Okay? So that's the rule. <coughs> so we want that it should be the woman we should get involved so it can last. But when Mashiach comes, it's coming from God and it will last. On that there is a special Pasuk in Tehillim. Psalm, uh, I don't know, it's in, it's in one of the Shir Hamalises. It says, no, maybe not. It says, and to Zion it will be said. Yeah, we say it, um, we say it before Benji. But that's not... Let's live in a koirach. That's not, uh, let me see which one it is. Yeah. Oh, a Psalm 145. So it says over here, and will be said in the end of days, about Tzioyna will be said, Ish ve'ish yuladba. Ish. A man and a man will be born in it. Simply it means that people will, when Mashiach will come, everybody will speak about, you were born in Jerusalem? Wow. But the deeper, but the, the deeper meaning, according to Hasidus, is, and to Zion, and to Zion, Omar, it will be said. What will be said? A great novelty. Ish. That even if the Geula, the whole um, future redemption, is going to be ish, is going to be coming from God, but nevertheless, the ishuladba, a man will be born. It will be a birth of a boy, which means a permanent redemption, not, not a a uh, 
not a temporary redemption. It will be a permanent redemption, even though it's defying the rule. Usually it has to be the woman who does first, which means us, in order for it to be an ish. Here it's going to be ish, the ish yuladba. From a man, it's going to be a man that's going to be born. Why? So the Pasi explains. Because it's established very high. That means that since it's coming from God's very, from Hashem Himself, Hashem Himself is not defined by any definitions, and Hashem Himself, <coughs> from His very being, can make these two things happen. It should be a, a gift from above, and it should be lasting. Or deeper than that, just going to conclude, He says, the rule that a gift from above doesn't last, but when we work and we receive because we work, it's lasting, is only if we're measuring when we're, when we're lazy and God is just needs, needs to stimulate us versus when we worked hard. But what happens, but he says there's a different system or another level. After we've done everything we can and we've completed our work and God has reciprocated to our labors and our work, after everything and we've maxed out what happens after that, then Hashem comes and kicks in and gives us a gift from a place we can never reach. That giving, which is not because we're lazy, it's because we've done whatever, we've reached the highest we can, we've excelled, we've done the best of the best, we're finished already. Now He wants to give us a bonus. That bonus doesn't have those limitations at all. We, the Jewish people, have completed our work of the 2,000 years of exile. We've completed our work of the three and a half thousand years of Torah and mitzvahs. We've done beautiful. We finished everything. Right now, the Abish there wants to give us the final gift. He told us, go home. Go home, you're done. The work is over. Relax. I'm, I'm in charge. I'm taking care. I was the one who benched Chodesh. The Abish Tom Show was the one who benched this Chodesh. I'm the one who's laying Parshas HaChodesh. I'm the one, it's all on me. And therefore, this Giyullah is going to be unbelievable. May we merit to see the greatest light, the greatest joy, the greatest happiness. May it be now, and now, and now. Thank you.